So I'm sorry, I wanted to like, look nice this morning, but for the second time, the button popped off of this jacket. This is a nice jacket. I really like this jacket. I don't like it anymore. Uh, <laughs> so don't ever buy the, what's the brand? Professional dry cleaning only. Don't, <laughs> not a good brand. Um, I wish that they had had smartphones during the time of Jesus. At this point, I would even settle for like an old VHS recorder with bad tracking because there's some things that I wish that I could see and hear. I think that some of the things um, that Jesus said would be easier to understand and take in if we had been able to hear his tone of voice. Um, although, I mean, to be fair, the people that were there and heard the tone of voice and walked with him didn't understand everything that was going on. But I, I still would like to. But if I could only see one thing, like, a, like one video clip of the whole shooting match, of, of everything, it wouldn't be the preaching. It wouldn't even be of the crucifixion or resurrection. The one thing that I wish that I could at least see is the transfiguration. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you have spoken. We thank you that you speak. And we look forward to hearing and seeing what is still to come, that you bring us from your creative grace. In Jesus' name, amen. So today is Transfiguration Sunday. It is the Sunday around the world when people will read from Matthew 17 and talk about this event on the mountain. It is right before the darkness of Lent leading up to Easter, which is appropriate because it is a bright light where God speaks. So here, Matthew 17. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them and his face shone like the sun and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly... There appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with them. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them. And from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. 
As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. I wonder, here we are a couple thousand-ish years later, if Jesus wouldn't keep saying the same thing today. Get up and do not be afraid. I mean, 700 years before, I mean, think of 700 plus years before this moment, Isaiah is standing in front of the people of Israel before the exile. And this is a really important point. So I'm going to read a clip from Isaiah 9. This is an important point to emphasize that this, what I'm about to read from you, is before the exile. The exile was when the Assyrians swept in from the east, grabbed a bunch of people out of Israel, and said, you're coming with us. And they took them out of Israel into Assyria. But Isaiah says this before the exile. Not future tense, but past tense. And I think this is significant. From Isaiah 9. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest. The people who walked in darkness, past tense, have seen a great light. So I guess it's past tense and present tense. They have seen it. They're seeing it now, and yet they haven't even gone into exile yet. I read something that C.S. Lewis wrote in his letters to Malcolm that I've just been dwelling on and thinking about all week long. Joy is the serious business of heaven. Walked in darkness, past tense. Light has shined. And yet they're about to walk into some pretty serious darkness. And they don't know it. I mean, Isaiah and some of the other prophets have started telling them, but they're about to face some really hard times. And yet when they are staring down the future of some really hard times, what God tells them is, you've already seen a great light. And Jesus says, get up and do not be afraid. So there's Jesus on the mountain. His face shone like the sun and his clothes are dazzling white. I would like to have seen that. I mean, I think, again, if there's just one thing that I could have seen, been present for, Got to see it with my own two eyes, even though you probably noticed in the reading, there's a very small audience. This Peter, James, and John. There wasn't a whole lot of people who got to see this, but I wish I could have. 
Because I think that everything Jesus said, even the death and resurrection of Jesus, all of that makes sense and hangs on this moment. The transfiguration. Because it's here that Jesus, two eyewitnesses, you get to hear the voice of God. You see these wonderful things happening. It's about as supernatural as supernatural can get. I really would have liked to have seen it. And if I couldn't see it, I at least would have liked to have seen it filmed. You know, like, you know, you're clicking on YouTube. It's like, well, what am I going to watch? Well, let's watch The Transfiguration again. I really like that one. I'd love to see it. But to be kind of in conversation with myself, if I had seen a clip of the transfiguration, I still think it would have been hard to believe. It would have been hard to take in. Because we're just not used to this. We've never seen anything like this before. If we saw it, we wouldn't know what we were looking at. You ever heard of the, the movie The Great Train Robbery? It's like one of the very first movies, like the first movie that ever had an actual storyline. It's called The Great Train Robbery. Early, early 20th century. And you've seen the ending of it. You may not know that you've seen it, but the clip is so enigmatic. It, it, you, you, you've seen probably the ending of The Great Train Robbery. It's when a guy who, I guess, looks like a train robber, um, points a gun at the camera and starts firing. And so if you're watching a screen, you're seeing that. Now think about this. You, you don't watch movies because they're brand new. You hadn't seen a whole bunch of movies. And so you see a guy on the screen point a gun and start firing. You know what happened when people saw that? People in the theaters were passing out right and left because they didn't know what they were looking at. They didn't have categories for it. They didn't have any understanding of what they were looking at. And so they were so bowled over that their nervous system just shut down because they didn't know what to do with it. They didn't know what they were looking at. I had that feeling just last year watching the movie 1917. In the, I mean, I didn't pass out, but I was sitting there watching it, and because they filmed it to make it look like all one take, I was so overwhelmed by it and just blown away by it that I, I leaned over to, to Cole because we watched it over Christmas, and we we're about 20 minutes in, and I said, I've kind of quit paying attention to the story because I'm so taken by the way that they filmed this. I just, I can't get over it. I'm completely just, just bowled over by the way they did this. I didn't have categories for it. Often what we see, especially if we're seeing it for the first time, we don't understand it. You know, we have to replay it in our minds. We have to play it over and over again just to be able to grasp it. What we experience, often for the first time, we don't know. We don't know what we're seeing. It's why we're afraid of trying new things. When I was a little boy, six, seven years old, I had a step-grandmother that made me try coleslaw. And let me tell you, I ain't remember where we were. I just remember she made me try it. When I looked at everything that we could choose from to eat, I looked at that stuff and said, 
I don't like that. Now, I'd never tried it before, and I remember that I'd never tried it before because she point blank asked me, you ever tried that? No, but I don't like it. (laughs) Well, try it. I don't want to try it. Well, you're going to try it. (laughs) You know, she outweighed me by 100 pounds. I'm not going to argue with her, so okay. So, I mean, I took a spoonful of it, and I was just grumbly and just shut my eyes, just angry. I took a bite of it, and I told her, I said, this is absolutely, positively the most wonderful thing I've ever tried. I said, I love this. I I love, what's it, coleslaw. Coleslaw, I love this stuff. I'm going to name my firstborn child after this stuff. I love it so much. Coleslaw Christian. That's... Y'all didn't know his middle name was Slaw. I liked Reese's peanut butter cups too. Um, And I could have gone my whole life, never trying. But I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. I took some church people to Israel years ago, and... I had been before, and a couple of people on the trip had been before, but most of the people had never been before. You know, they read the stories about where we'd been, but they'd never actually set foot in these places. And not everybody on the trip, but a lot of them. It was just heartbreaking because we'd go to these places and... You know, we'd be on somewhere like the Sea of Galilee, and we would say, um, this is where Jesus probably preached the Sermon on the Mount. You know, we'd go over to the other side, and we'd say, this is where, you know, a story about the pigs that get the devils and run down into the water. This is probably where that happened. And so we're going around, and I start hearing this sort of common refrain at all these places that we were going. And people were saying, yeah, right. And I was like, man, you just spent all this time and money to come here where Jesus walked and where Jesus preached and where Jesus healed people and all these miracles and you're going to spend these two weeks with your nose turned up, and eh, yeah, right. And it really was, it was was just, it was kind of heartbreaking. And I just kept thinking, can't we just be here with God? Can't we just, can't we just be here where Jesus walked, where God talked to us, where God revealed the presence of, and the Spirit of God to us, can't we just be here? Then I got to thinking, I'm afraid that if I was at the Transfiguration, that I might say the same thing. I might go in the direction of, yeah, right. And it's not the lights and the smoke and the clouds and even the voice of God. I think I could could get with that. 
I think it would be harder for Jesus to walk up to me and say, get up and do not be afraid. I think that's when I would look Jesus in the eye and say, yeah, right. You know, a lot of the focus of Transfiguration Sunday is the voice of God. God says to these, you know, eyewitnesses and earwitnesses, this is my son. Listen to him. And I can see why that's the focus of the transfiguration. But I think many of us, if we're honest with ourselves, and this is God we're dealing with here, so let's be honest with ourselves. I think many of us, if we're honest with ourselves, if, God, if we actually heard the voice of God say, this is my son, Listen to Him. We would speak back to God with reverence and awe and respect. Okay, I'm listening. So say something. Say something worth listening to. Say something that's going to change my life. Because we go to Jesus with that, right? Almost every time Jesus speaks, we want it to change our lives, which is understandable. I mean, even the gospel writers, when they're recording these stories, take that approach. You notice how Jesus never walks into a room in the gospels and says, hey guys, how's it going? It's never, it's never just, you know, conversation. It's always something like, blessed are the peacemakers, you know, something just life-changing. But if God is saying, this is my son, listen to him, I'm going to say, okay, God, I'm listening. I am listening. So what is Jesus going to say? Because think about the transfiguration. They're up on the mountain. There's all these bright lights and clouds and voices of God. And somehow Moses and Elijah showed up and it'd be like, where'd they come from? Just all of a sudden, they're there. You are witnessing a supernatural event. And it's probably terrifying. Because again, you've never seen this before. You've never tried this. You don't know what you're looking at. And it is just downright scary. And so you're thinking, what am I looking at? What's happening here? And God is speaking from the cloud. This is my son. Listen to him. And I'm scared. Because I don't know what's going to happen next. I've heard all these stories about when people saw God. You know what happened back in you know, the olden days when people saw God? They died. And so I don't know if this is it. This is it. Okay, here we are. We're up on the mountain and Jesus is like all shiny and, and like super shiny and I don't know what I'm looking at. And I, I'm about, I think I'm about to die. And then all of a sudden it goes from sheer terror to excitement that if I'm going to die, at least I'm going to die this close to God, to just, okay, all right. So 
this is how I'm going out. It could be worse. It's not a bad way to go out. With God, with Jesus, on the mountain, all these bright, shiny lights and clouds and smoke and voices. And right when I think, okay, I'm about to die, Jesus comes over and says, get up and do not be afraid. God says, this is my son. Listen to him. Okay, God, I'm listening. What's Jesus going to say? It's going to change my life. And then the first thing out of Jesus' mouth, after God says, listen to him, the first thing Jesus says, that we're, the one we're supposed to listen to, you know what he says? First thing, get up and do not be afraid. God says, listen to him. And Jesus says, don't be afraid. And now that we've seen this, now that we have stood on the mountain with Jesus and heard the voice of God, it's, it's effortless. It really doesn't take any effort anymore once we've been with God in this way that when Jesus says, do not be afraid for us to say, okay, amen.